He goes before me. He goes before me. Defender behind me. Defender behind me. Y'all been practicing. I won't fear. I won't fear. I'm filled with anointing. I'm filled with anointing. Thank you, Jesus. My cup's overflowing. My cup's overflowing. No weapon can harm me. No weapon can harm me. Jesus. I won't fear. Jesus right there. He always guides me. He always
somebody say, thank you, Jesus. You're not alone. No matter what the devil tells you, no matter what your experiences are telling you, no matter what they're telling you, you're not alone. Jesus says, lo, I will be with you until the end of the world. And so you know he's with you. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go before the Lord in prayer tonight. Let's stand to our feet and ask the Lord to help. We are going to ask the Lord to have his way as we've come together tonight to study in his word, to receive from him, but also to give. I didn't just come to receive, but I came to give. Relationship is always two ways, right? Both parties are responsible to give. We both come and give, and we're not just here just to receive the blessings of God. We're not just here to receive the word of God, but we're here to adore him. We're here to give honor to him. And so it's given and taken, given and receiving that we do in a health. And that's what we should have in Christ Jesus. So let's pray together and ask the Lord to have his way. Lord Jesus, tonight we honor you and we thank you wonderful in your house more time. God, we're grateful. We're thankful, Lord God, that you've shown, oh God, your goodness towards us. You didn't have to, almighty God, for we don't deserve it, almighty God. But tonight, Lord Jesus, we celebrate you and we thank you, Lord God, for all your goodness, for all your mercy, your kindness, your grace, your love. There is none like you, O oh great God. You are the King of kings, the Lord of lords. You are our in heaven, Lord. Your name is great and greatly to be praised, Almighty God. We give you honor tonight, Lord, for you are our God, Lord. And we humble ourselves before you to say, Oh God, have your way in our heart tonight. Oh God, have your way in our thoughts tonight. Oh God, overshadow us, Lord God, by your power that the mind which be in Christ Jesus will be in us tonight. That the Spirit of the Lord will have the preeminence in us tonight. That, Lord, you will confirm your word tonight with signs following. Oh God, we pray and ask that there be no hindrance tonight, Lord. We come again every work of the adversary and we bind every spirit that is not of God and not of darkness of Jesus Christ. Pray that the Spirit of the Lord will flow freely in this place. That there will be liberty, Lord God, in every person's life, Lord. That there will be liberty, Lord, in this place tonight, Lord. That there will be power, Lord, that will be manifested in this place tonight, Lord. Oh, great God, we call upon your name, the name of Jesus. We ask, oh God, that you help us tonight. We ask, oh God, that we will be free in the spirit almighty God we ask that you'll reveal to us the mysteries of the scriptures Lord that we hearers of the word of God but Lord that we will hear what the spirit is saying and do what the word has us to do Lord will you 
out of your spirit in this place tonight, Father, and there will be change that will come to us individually and collectively. And oh God, there will be a flow of rivers, Lord, springing up, Lord, within us tonight. And there will be joy in the Holy Ghost, joy unspeakable, Lord. And oh my God, that we will not be the same when we leave this place tonight. Will you touch our hearing tonight that we will hear what the Spirit is saying? Will you touch our hearts tonight that it will be open to receive your word? And will you anoint me, Lord, to speak as your oracle, to rightly divide your word of truth? Oh God, that the word will come forth tonight and take root and possess us, Lord, and become a part of us, Lord, and guide us and lead us. We love you, Jesus. We thank you, oh great God, and we anticipate your will being done tonight, Lord, for there is none like you. You are the all-knowing, all-present, all-wonderful, all-amazing God, and we're grateful to be here tonight. We're thankful to be in your presence, and we give you the honor, and we give you the praise. Somebody give him the honor and the praise, for he is worthy of all the honor and all the praise. Jesus, there is none like you. Jesus, there is none like you. Jesus, there is none like you. Jesus, there is none. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I'm impressed tonight to see all of you here. Amen. I came here this evening. I pulled up in the parking lot maybe about, I don't know, a little after five because I'm hearing all this stuff about the tornadoes. I said, huh, let me get out of this house because I don't care if trees are falling. I don't care if tornado are passing through. I want to be in that fire station where the power is on, where everything is still rolling, and I get to do God's will. And so I pulled up out there at 515, sat in my car. It's pouring, cats and dogs. And I'm just sitting in the car just smiling. I said, it'll ease up in a moment, and I'll go inside the building. And so said, so done. I don't know what it's like out there right now. I just know I came in at 515, 520, and made it in the building by 530. But I thank God, and I see some of you were thinking like me, like, I'm getting in the house of the Lord tonight no matter what. <laughs> God is good. Amen. A couple of things I want to mention to you before. Friday, July 16th. Friday, July 16th. We're going to have a ladies' service right here. A ladies' service. I don't know if you want to call it ladies' service, ladies' seminar, whatever you want to label it as, but the ladies will be gathering here 
Friday, July 16th at 7.30 p.m. The theme of the gathering of this time for the ladies will be entitled Straight Talk. This is a meeting for only people that can handle meat. If you're still drinking milk, maybe you need to stay home. But if you feel like you can eat meat and handle meat, then I want you to come to this meeting Friday, July 16th at 730. Pastor to Cole will meet you right here. She'll be the speaker. So if milk is your thing, you might want to go out to dinner that night to a restaurant and have a good time that way. But if meat is your thing, you want to be here. We're going to have a good time in the Lord. Not we, but y'all will. And God will do some wonderful things. (laughs) I'll tell you this, church. God is just moving on me to communicate his will, but also to help his people that he've allowed me to be an influence to, to step their game up to being spiritual. That includes me. He doesn't tell us, get spiritual, but you're good, preacher. No, preacher, you got to raise up too. And so the challenge is on But the good news is God always, he gives us a little help whenever he's going to do something in our life. And I I feel his help already in just nudging me and just, you know, influencing me and being more spiritual and talking to you about being more spiritual, helping you to be a little bit more spiritual. If we want to be honest, but, you know, of course, we always have the alternative that if we don't want to be honest, then we won't see certain things. Uh, even in our prayer sometimes, you ever notice sometimes we pray sometimes only the things that we want and we are afraid to pray the things that could be right, but we don't want because we don't want to get an answer. And so when we don't want to get an answer, we leave things alone. But if you want to be sincere about your walk with God and say, God, even though I know some of your answers don't make me feel good, give it to me anyhow. If that's your mindset, then you're going to do well in the next few months in this church. Because God is going to help us to go to a higher heights spiritually. Because all of us took a hit in the pandemic year. All of us took a hit. Okay, only two took a hit. Okay. I took a hit in the pandemic time. Spiritually. Because God designed his kingdom for us to be together. And when we wasn't together, we took a hit. Because the body of Christ is what it says it is, a body. And every functionality of the body has to function. And when we're not together like we need to be, we miss something. We miss something when we're not attached to the body, when we're not together. We're missing something. And so over the pandemic time, we miss something. And so now you have to challenge yourself and say, I don't want to stay any place where I'm not seeing growth, spiritual growth in my life. And so I'm going to challenge you as I'm challenging myself 
to grow spiritually, to get really sharp spiritually, because God wants to do some things. I'll tell you this. What we heard the Weber say, growth is uncomfortable. And we are getting ready to see major growth in maybe a short time span than normal. In this church and in our district, we're going to see growth, which means we're going to become uncomfortable. If you're comfortable, that's not a good thing because it means you're still in the same place you've been for a little bit now. When you feel like you're becoming uncomfortable, you need to praise God and thank God for that because you know God is helping you to grow. And so we're going to trust God to help us to grow and be in the place and the position that we need to be in that we don't become or remain stagnated. Somebody say stagnated. Uh-huh. A lot of people are. And over the past year and some change maybe, we've allowed stagnation to sit in and, and, and a lot of carnality has raised its head up in our life as Christians. A lot of carnality has come up in our life. And so we need to squash the carnality. We need to... Uh, overcome and become spiritual and not let the carnality have rule and reign over us. Amen. And so I want you to turn your Bibles tonight. I don't know. Where are we going to go tonight? We're going to start in Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Talk about spirit stuff and flesh stuff. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that tonight. Spirit stuff and flesh stuff. Uh-huh. We, we, we need to get it together. Let the Lord do what he wants to do. Amen. Romans chapter 8, verse number 14 says this. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Y'all probably forgot this was written in the Bible. <laughs> Y'all forgot this was in the Bible, huh? We, w- we had a year and a half off from these scriptures. We, we weren't reading these scriptures. Because all we was reading in the year we was reading about was God is good. He's going to get us through. He's going to heal us. All we focused on for the last year, year and a half, is how good God is and what God can do for us. And we left the hard part of the word alone because all we want was comfort. And so we reached for the scriptures that gave us comfort and we left out the hard part. Mm -hmm. Verse 15 says, for ye have not received the spirit, small s, of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit, capital S, of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit itself bear witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may also glorify together. And so tonight I'm going to teach a little bit. 
on this topic, led by the Spirit of God. Led by the Spirit of God. We'll talk a little bit tonight about being led by the Spirit of God. This has always been a challenge to me, um, this, this, this text, being led by the Spirit of God. Because I'm always challenging myself to say, how can I tell that I'm being led by the Spirit of God? Am I really being led by the Spirit of God? Because if, if, if the scripture says, which we just read, it says this, that, that they that are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Listen, if the Word of God says that, then guess what? I am, I am ha- I'm going to have to ask myself, am I a son or a daughter of God? And the only way I can say that I am is if I'm led by the Spirit of God. And so I'm challenging myself to say, I, I want to make sure I am a child of God. And the way I'm going to know if I'm a child of God is if I'm led by God's Spirit. People divide or divides into two categories. Those who let themselves be controlled by their sinful nature, their flesh, and those who follow after the Spirit of God. So we, we have two kind of people, if you will, as category on this earth. Those who are being controlled and influenced uh, by their own will, by their flesh, by their carnal desires. They, they're being controlled and led by that. Or those who are being led. They're following the leading of the Spirit. Those are two kind of people that are the two categories that we're uh, living in. We're in one or the other. From the beginning of human race, the mind of the flesh has betrayed us. Oh, don't get quiet on me tonight. From the very beginning of human existence, the mind of the flesh has betrayed us. Genesis chapter six, chapter three, verse six says, and when the woman saw, that ain't spiritual, that the tree was good for food, that ain't spiritual, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, that ain't spiritual, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, that ain't spiritual. She took of the fruit thereof, that ain't spiritual, and did eat, that ain't spiritual, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. None of it was spiritual, because none of it led by the Spirit of God. None of, none of it helped them in their relationship with God. None of it. Everything we've just read in Genesis chapter 6, verse number 3, none of it helped them to, to garner a closer relationship with God. None of it. So from the very beginning, God says, don't eat from that tree. And what they started doing was sliding over because whatever is forbidden, we always are drawing towards it. That, that's a law... For humans, I don't know what, why we do that, but whatever is forbidden, all of a sudden, that's what we want. And so that tree was forbidden, and here they come, well, here she come, and now she's looking at it. Everything she was doing was, was, was not of God. None of it was of God. That's what call, caused the fall 
of the first two human beings on the face of the earth is because they were led of their flesh. They were led of their own desires. That's the first fall of man because their desire. Let's not blame it on the devil because they could have resisted them, but they choose to disobey God. The flesh ruled over their decision to obey God. And so from that time, it's been our issue. 1 John 2.16, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Our fleshly desires are not godly. Our flesh has betrayed us and will continue to betray us until the end of time in this life. Your flesh is your greatest obstacle in trying to do God's will. It's not the devil. The Bible says God has given us power over the devil. So if we have power over him, he can't be our greatest adversary. The flesh is what usually get the best of us. And so we have to acknowledge that. To be in the flesh means to be lost. To be controlled by the flesh means to be lost. To be ruled by the flesh means to be lost. The unsaved person lives to please himself, his fleshly desires. And that unsaved person rarely thinks about pleasing God. We're trying to witness to people sometimes about, about Christ and we want them to respond in a way that you think they should respond. But you got to realize they don't have a desire to please Christ. What you're telling them, why should they do it? Recently, I've been saying this to myself and I'm going to share this with you. Regardless of how people behave, our job is not to worry about what people are doing. As Christians, I can't focus on how you do or not do. I don't care what it is. You know what our jobs are as Christian? To live this Christian life like the most delicious plate of food any person ever saw. I believe we do the kingdom of God as Christians at this service by how we serve up this food. And for many of us, we've experienced having a nice plate of food and somebody sitting across from us or next to us is looking at it. And some that they're real close to, you know what they do. They stick their fork and piece of your stuff and bring it over to their mouth because your stuff look good. And I think. When we try to talk to people about Christ, that's us serving up a good food, good meal to them. And because if we don't serve it up good, it is not delicious looking to them and they don't want none of it. We've got a challenge. We've got a challenge. As people of God, how are we serving this, this Christian life up to people? How are we serving this gospel up to people so they look over and says, can I see that? What's that that you're eating over there? Is, does that taste good? 
That's how we need to be serving up our Christian walk is for them to be inquisitive, to, to be looking over in our plate and wanting to know why is it looking so good over there and why you seem so healthy. You must be eating good. You look so healthy. We eat organic in the kingdom of God. They need to be looking. What kind of food is that? Girl, this is organic food. Good stuff. And we're not getting ripped off because it's organic. We paying extra. No, we're not paying extra. The root of sin is selfishness, which is fleshly. The root of sin is selfishness. I try to teach y'all so y'all can be wise. Whenever you stand on a point or whatever you're claiming, whatever it is, ask yourself, how much is it all me and what I think I need to get out of the deal and how it affects everybody else? Whenever our decisions and our conversations We don't have to tell anybody, but you know in the back of your mind, you know in the depths of your heart that whatever it is that you're saying, that you're trying to get across to everyone, is it self-serving or is it for everybody's good? That's how you find out whether or not what you're saying and doing is coming from a right place. After you realize whether or not it's self-serving or not, here's the next level. How does God benefit from it? So after you start with, is this just purely selfish? Okay, maybe it's not. But let's go to the next level now. How does God benefit from what you're doing? Oh, y'all quiet. It's okay. It's okay. Because I'm trying to tell you, I'm trying to help you get spiritual. And sometimes we don't always have the answer to what is happening and what we should do. But all we got to say is, how does the kingdom of God benefit from this? How, how, how is this representing God? How is this uh, aligned with what God is desiring from my life and for others? And if you can't connect biblically, then maybe it's not something that you should even worry about. Obeying your flesh is idolatry. I'll rather obey God than man. Your flesh is the man. I will rather obey God than man. Your flesh is the man you're obeying. So when we start to obey the flesh, We have made the flesh our God. And nobody or nothing or no one should be our God but the Lord Jesus Christ. He alone should be our God. He alone should be the shot caller in our life and not anybody else. Every day we are put to, every day we are to put to death. The issues that draw us away from God. So, okay, I'm going to talk about it. 
God has helped me to talk about the stuff I'm uncomfortable talking about. So I might as well just keep on going. The other day I met with the pastors the other day and God made me uncomfortable, but I had to say what I had to say and just keep it moving. That is where God has me has positioned me. It took me a lot of years to really find out what are you doing in my life? God it took me a lot of years. To find out what God is really doing in my life. Because all I was doing is just blindly serving at some point, at most points in my life in Christ. But for the past few years, I feel like I'm getting a little bit of understanding of what he's doing in my life. And so when you get a little bit of understanding to know what he's doing in your life, regardless of how you feel, you have more convictions. And, you, and now you just go ahead and do it, whether you like it or not, within yourself. You just know this is what I'm supposed to do. And you just do it. And so everything, every day, we are to put to death the issues that draw us away from God. What are some of the issues that draw you away from God? Lack of prayer draw you away from God. Lack of not just reading your Bible, but studying your Bible. Study to show that self-approved. One of the things I, I, um, I was talking to Sister Cole about the other day is, is spiritual discipline. And I was able to talk to her about it because I'm watching her every day. And so I watch her every day. And wherever she sits for any period of time, there's a notebook and a Bible and a pen for a pen right there. Because every, every so often she opens it up, see her right, she study her word. Just saying. And so if we're not studying the word of God, if we're not praying, ready for the big one? If we are just deciding that we won't come together when the body is gathered together, that is a problem. Let me give you this one. Just be clear. Let me step up to. The camera, so I can tell the online congregation. The only reason we need to use the virtual attendance to church service is if we live out of state and if we're sick. A lot of them, a lot of the people online tonight, they're not offended because. They live out of state. Maybe a couple sick. I don't know. But the bottom line is Christians who are part of the body are making decisions now to be a part of the service virtually. That ain't helping you getting spiritual. That is not helping you to be spiritual. When you decide that, well, we can just get it virtually. And you are a bona fide part of the body of Christ. You're missing some ingredients to help you be spiritual. That's just a fact. If you're sick and you can't make it in, then yeah, you tune in virtually. If you live out of state and you're dying to be local so you can be in here, yeah, you got to tune in virtually. But for those of us who are healthy and we can drive our vehicles into the house of God and be a part of the service and we don't do it, we take away some opportunities to get spiritual. Listen to me. 
where God wants to take us, we need to be spiritual. And so you're going to hear me with conviction speak to you because I know that if we're not spiritual, the devil is going to take you out. You think the devil want us to get a building that we're trying to get? You th- oh, you think the devil? Oh, Christ said a church, I'm so glad y'all can have this nice building where you can have everything and you can have more people come to church and you can reach the community in a better way and you can have this and that. You think the devil is okay with that. So watch out. Watch yourself. Watch yourself. He's coming after you with a vengeance. And whatever he can do to get you upset, whatever he can do to get you twisted, whatever he can do to get you removed from the body, he will do it. We cannot undertake what God has for us if we're not spiritual. Twelve spies went to spy out the land. God told them, The land was theirs. The the leader sent 12 men to go spy out the land. Two came back and said, we can't get the land. I'm I'm sorry, 10 came back and said, we can't get the land. And two came back and said, yes, we can. The 10 was carnal. The 10 was fleshly. The 10 was not spiritual. And the two was spiritual. When the 10 came back, they spoke of carnal things. Oh, there's giants in the land. Oh, they, they, when we compare ourselves to them, that's all carnal. God said, don't compare yourself with yourself. When we compared ourselves with their giants, I mean, the city, we can, there's no way. All carnal, all fleshly. None of it was spiritual because none of it was of faith. All of it was intellect. All of it was what one man can see and not what God already said. To be led of the spirit is to yield your mind and your heart to the spirit of God that he may guide your thoughts and actions. Listen to me. Our impulse, our consumptions, And our experiences usually prevents us from being led by the Spirit of God. And we pour ourselves into the carnal things so much that we start to live off of impulse. We start to live off of our consumptions. We start to live according to our experiences. So when we got to do something, impulse, the things we consume, and our our, our, our history, our experiences. And we never stop. We never yield and say, all right, God. Okay, God, what's going on here? We just go ahead and let our impulse just move on us. And we start doing things. Therefore, we are not being led of the spirit when we operate like that because we never gave the spirit an opportunity to work in us. Impulse just start taking over. So as people can't even finish saying what they're saying, your impulse start going. And so we're not led by the spirit. We're led by impulse, which is fleshly. We're led by our consumptions, which is fleshly. We're led by our experiences in this life, all fleshly. Not being led by the spirit. 
And so we can't get to that place where God is trying to get us to. John chapter 12, chapter 1 verse 12 says, but as many as receive him, who is him? Christ. But as many as receive him, receive him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Listen to me, apostolic church. You may be baptized with his spirit. That's only, that, that only gives you the possibility to become the son of God. You can have the Holy Ghost talking in tongues right now, but that only gives you the possibility to become the son of God. Because if you're not led by that spirit you're baptized with, then you are not the son of God. So don't get your life twisted and say, well, I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. I talk in tongues. Okay. Are you being led by that spirit? I read a scripture in Revelations where the Bible says, Jesus says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. He right on your doorstep. He's hanging out right in front of your house. But did you let him in the house? Did you give him, did you give him the right, the authority? Did you give him the, 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 the free, free for all to do whatever he wants in the house? Or did you just leave, you, 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 you look through the window? If I let him in, man, I'm going to have to do a whole lot of stuff. Kids room dirty. I didn't even cook. I'm just, I can't take Jesus in today. I, I just can't. I can't. And so you pull back the blind and you just go about your business. He ringing the doorbell and you just still just in the house. Nobody get the door. Leave it alone. Because, because the place not clean. Ain't no food cooked. You're not ready. You're not dressed the way you think you need to be dressed. So you don't let Jesus in. And you just keep going on. Because you tell, you told yourself, well, all right. I'm sure he'll come back tomorrow or, or I'm sure he'll come back next week and you're never ready. Every time he show up, you start blaming him. He never can come at the right time. Every time he show up, it's something ain't done in the house. So you can't let Jesus in. We're not getting it. I'm telling you, that's what we've done to him. And we're thinking that we're doing what we need to do. No, Jesus is at your doorstep. In some instances, he's in your heart, but you stifle him and you won't let him do what he wants to do. All you care about is to say, well, I got the Holy Ghost. And Jesus had to sit in the corner and be quiet in your life. But you got the Holy Ghost. While he's just in the corner. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. We walking around with power and ain't nothing going on. We got power and ain't nothing going on. <laughs> like having a powerful vehicle, car, you know, one of those 12-cylinder cars that can just move, sitting in your driveway, and all you do is start it up and turn it off, never drive it. 
You got power in your life, but you won't use it. And we don't use the power because we want to control. And this power, you can't control. Either you let him rule or you don't have no power working. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. When we re-